you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. We got Sin City Steve with us and Rob Boss Comedy Bossolari with us again. No Matt Michaels tonight. He's at FSW. So um, hopefully if you ever listen to the DeFalco Files, which is usually released on Fridays on the uh, Vegas Bad Boy Podcast, uh, you'll know what's going on in the uh, future stars of wrestling. So he's... um uh at that event and so uh here so we're here fellas this is our three count we do ask everyone that listening to us throw your comments in the chat box of twitch facebook or uh youtube and we'll try to get it in as we see fit all right so with that let's start our three count it's time vegas bad boys of podcasting present one two three count talk <laughs> Talk, baby. Here's our first one. one. AEW's John Moxley calls for major industry change after suffering a concussion in the ring. And this is an exclusive from the messenger.com. Haven't uh, heard of this site before, so it's pretty interesting that uh, they got this. But let's read a little bit about um, uh, what was written here. It says that John Moxley was standing in front of more than 10,000 wrestling fans inside the New York Arthur Ashe Stadium, but he absolutely had no idea idea where he was and during moxley's aw international championship defense against ray phoenix at aw dynamite grand slam on september 20th moxley suffered a mild concussion at the start of their match now moxley exclusively told the messenger the concussion happened 30 seconds in which ultimately sent him to the effing outer space for like 10 minutes and that was a quote and here's another quote he says i just kept getting progressively more lost and couldn't figure out where the fuck I was, he explained. And then I had this moment of clarity of, oh, I'm fucked up. I got to get the fuck out of here, end quote. <laughs> so in a ring audible, was called to end the match early and give the title to Phoenix. Now, Moxley returned to action on AEW Collision last, uh, last week, but even being out of action a month was difficult for him. Quote, I'm a very physical person, he said. I like wrestling for the sake of wrestling. I like to do shit with my body. So sitting still and being injured is always very challenging, end quote. Now, fully in the clear, Moxley said the industry needs to adapt better safeguards to protect wrestlers in the ring. Quote, he says, I'm pro wrestling. It's a really touchy subject. But acknowledge, uh, oh, I'm sorry. He says, in pro wrestling, it's really a touchy subject. Someone's got to fucking bring it up, end quote. Then, quote, he says, pro wrestling is such a strange thing. In football, if a guy goes down and he doesn't go back to the huddle, you know he's fucked up. In pro wrestling, a lot of times it's hard to tell what's real and what's fake, end quote. So moving forward, now, yeah. 
So moving forward, Moxley had a vision for a new system that he thinks might work. Quote, maybe a really experienced wrestler and a really experienced doctor who are trained to see signs of that shit are watching it on a separate feed, he explained. Even if they have doctors close to ringside, what if the guy fucking spills outside? Uh, yeah, what if the guy fucking spills outside the ring? He doesn't see that. End quote. Now, as Moxley articulates, these two hypothetical individuals will have no prior knowledge of what they were about to see. Quote, the doctor and the wrestler are completely untethered to the creative portion of it. End quote. Moxley said they have no idea nor interest in what the story is, who wins, who loses or how it's supposed to go. End quote. Now, why does Moxley think a wrestler needs to be watching alongside the doctor? You might ask. He got an answer for that, too. Quote. If a guy fucking spins around or something and a doctor goes, is he okay? End quote. Moxley suggested the wrestler could tell him, quote, that's just a pro wrestling thing. Don't worry. End quote. But Moxley proposed system would make things as cut and dry as possible, no matter what it means for the overall competition. Quote, as soon as the doctor sees a sign of somebody being concussed, he just hits the fucking red button. End quote. And Moxley said, Quote, boom, this is over. No matter how much time is left, no matter if it's on live TV, it's just over and you figure it out from there and quote. All right. Sin City Steve, this was your article. What is your take on what Moxie thinks should happen going forward when these types of uh, events happen? So the thing that stands out to me is this shit doesn't already happen. When I when I saw this, that was the very first thing that came to my mind is, okay, so you mean to tell me that they don't have any member of medical staff watching the the broadcast feed um, and obviously, you know, in there with some other members of the locker room, um, the wrestlers are EVPs after all. Right. So you mean to tell me that that doesn't happen now with AEW? Okay, really good to know. So they have Doc Sampson, um, who's just kind of chilling and just watching around the ring, but no one actually watching a feed. Yeah, really, really good to know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I completely <laughs> My fucking agree. Is concussed and bleeds out all the time. So that that was the other ironic part of it is you know you've got John Moxley, the one guy to step up and say that they need to do this when. You know, if if he gets hit by a strong breeze, the guy bleeds. Right. So, I mean, it's it is what it is. It's it's very telling more than anything. I think it is very telling that he's the one that is actually sounding an alarm on it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, this needs to happen. Um, you know, we we talk all the time about MMA and the differences between MMA and pro wrestling. Okay, that's fine. You can you can blur those lines. You can still keep everything sports entertainmenty if you'd like. Sure. Uh, you can still keep you know that that illusion of a fourth wall there. Um, but if somebody legitimately is fucked up in there in the ring, then they need to they need to call an audible. They need to you know go home now. Right. Like yeah. they, it, no questions about it. Uh, especially like what happened with Mox. I mean. Um, I actually, I remembered the spot where he got his shit rocked and it was 
you know, he was over the barricade, um, you know, leaning over the barricade and Phoenix hit him with a move from the ring apron onto him. And it, it caught him completely wrong. And he was fucked up for the rest of the match. Right. As a fan, if, if you're just watching that, you think, oh, well, he's just selling it. Right. But at the same time, you know, if, if you know, if you have somebody that knows John's personality, if they know how he is outside of the ring, if they know that he's not, you know, yeah, acting or selling, then yeah, that would be absolutely vital. Uh, wrestler safety is something that doesn't get brought up enough and quite frankly needs to be talked about more. Yeah, uh, John says in a Brian Danielson WWE doc, he stated being pissed at Triple H for telling a referee in his ear in his in ear monitor to stop one of his matches due to receiving a concussion, but it was the right call for his health. Um, I gotta ask you, Rob, why? I mean, in the article, uh, Moxley said that yeah, it's a touchy subject, which which it is, but but why? But why is it a touchy subject? Why don't we it's just not? Take it's it's here's the thing. As a fan, I, I'm i used to attitude error. We all were part of the era of chair shots and chair shots and chair shots. Uh, the I quit match with The Rock and Mick Foley, where Mick Foley was gushing blood with the intent that he was going to be busted open. Mm -hmm. um, we had the match with Edge versus you know Finn Balor, where Finn Balor was busted open and had a two-inch gash on his head, and they stopped the match for a considerable amount of time. Mm -hmm. So to me, and I like the guy, I think, you know, Moxley's a little out of touch because they've already been doing this. The only time I ever saw a flagrant wave of a wrestler's health was with Matt Hardy when he took that dive off the crane and then they and then he kept going through the match and he had to apologize to everybody. This isn't anything new. Um, they've got cameras in every direction already by default. The wrestlers have in-ear pieces by default. And by the way, when they had those, you know, I don't even recall them having rubber gloves 20 years ago. Now, if there's a drop of blood, Aubrey Edwards has got rubber gloves on. Yeah. I mean, there's not much more you can do. There comes a saturation point where you are going to inherently be taking on the risks of doing that job. Draws was paralyzed from a routine move. It sucks. Jesse Sorensen was paralyzed by friggin' Zima Ion. It sucks. There was nothing you could do. There was a local wrestler named, I believe, his name was Psycho, and he was powerbombed by Kevin Nash. That guy's got few spines now. He's a bartender. But he took a powerbomb, and he is not at the same physical strength of Kevin Nash. He took that flat on his spine. He rolled out of the ring. That was it. What's your take on the idea of uh, American Bam Bam saying it says here below accidents happen and I feel the fans are partly to blame. We can well, be, but that's what we're watching and football is no different and football from the sixties when it started to the seventies, to the eighties, people have been juicing up more. They've been trying to get away with, with faster collisions, helmets down. I saw an offensive linebacker for uh, Brett Favre. He, when I worked at Fry's and he was from that 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 Green Bay winning Super Bowl team, he had a brain uh, brain uh, stem things connected to a tape recorder because he's got permanent damage. But if you would have told him in, in the 80s and 90s when he's a high school kid, don't do this, he would have said, go fuck yourself. I'm going to I'm going to be in the football, but he's not making bread far money and he still did it. 
Mm-hmm. Am I going to say that we should skirt responsibility? Absolutely not. But, you know, Moxley sitting there with one of his partners having con- being concussion prone for years going, hey, you know, maybe we should do something about this. We know that the concussions were part of the game. They He called the audible. He got himself out. He realized he was spaced out. There was the there was the famous match where Jericho said the guy's hurt, so he pushed the ref. It's a team sport. That you know what when you're when you train to become a wrestler, they call your partner, not your tag team partner. They call your partner the guy that your your opponent is your partner. That's the person whose life is on the line. They tell you that when you're in the corner of the ring or running from one rope, that your partner should be in the center, or you're gonna hyperextend your knees because the ring mat is being compressed. They tell you all of this in training. Johnny Bravo on Impact Wrestling is a trainer. Uh, Mark Calloway, Undertaker, is a trainer. They, they, they don't just like hang up their boots. They go and they teach you safety. They're already doing this. It's And also, even chair shots. You got to give chair shots over the shoulder. They didn't do Seth Rollins curb stomp for years, and they gave him the pedigree because they didn't think it was safe to yeah. stomp on someone's spinal cord like that. And then they found a safe way to do it. He goes for the shoulder blade now instead of on the neck. I remember when Edge came back for that brief stint and then, you know, Seth Rollins had his boot on on Edge's neck and they said, oh, you're going to break his neck. Remember that. And, you know, vacate your title. Okay. We know that there's ways around it. When when uh, Seth Rollins buckle bombed um, uh, Sting, they, they preempted that match for three minutes and they yeah. rolled around and Seth Rollins, they... They, they panned in on him. He was laughing his ass off, and he did a quick roll-up. Yeah. I mean, it's far right. and above better than it was yeah. 20 years ago and probably even better than it was 40 years ago. But 40 years ago, they were still pioneering. 20 years later, they were in the zone and with the Attitude Era, and they took their limits. Yeah. And they built the business off of this. No doubt. Sin City, uh, last comment. Are you good on that? or? I'm good. I, I definitely agree with uh, American Bam Bam's comment, though. Um, yeah. We as fans, I mean, we're we're bloodthirsty. The shit goes back centuries. Uh, we we all want to show. Yeah. And, you know, it's it just becomes, can you top this until where's the breaking point? When Mick right. Foley went through the table, though, he knew you knew he was wearing tons of padding under that white t- under that white button down shirt. He had, he, I mean, a lot of times when those guys are taking jumps, uh, especially uh, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon's dressed up in like five layers of freaking Parker clothing when he, <laughs> he takes those dives. <laughs> they got him wrapped, wrapped up like a FedEx package going to Abu Dhabi when he when he jumps off those cages. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's move over to count two then. <laughs> and this one is an update on Randy Orton's WWE return. All right. This is from Figure Four Wrestling Online. It reads like this. It says, Randy Orton's WWE return looks to be about a month away. Due to a back injury, Orton has been out of action since May 2022. He underwent back fusion surgery uh, later that year. Orton's father, Cowboy Bob Orton, said in May 2023 that he believed doctors have told Orton to stop wrestling. But Orton has been training for his WWE return. And Fightful reported earlier this month that WWE was planning to have Orton back by Survivor Series. And um, it says Orton is currently 43 years old. Before he was forced out of action due to his back injury, Orton was a part of the tag team with Matt Riddle. Uh, Of course, Matt Riddle was released from WWE contract last month. And Survivor Series is supposed to take place 
Saturday, November 25th in Illinois. All right. Mr. Rob, this is your article. What's your take on Randy Orton coming back? First of all, we're going to find out that he tried to touch Matt Riddle's junk, and that will be in the tell-all. <laughs> Randy tried to touch my Randy Johnson. I was Bro. like, Randy? No, um, it, it, I'm worried about him in the sense that we were talking about all these injuries. A spinal fusion is no joke. You know, I think Hulk Hogan, and I might be wrong, was over 6'7 or 6'5 around there. After his spinal surgeries, he was down to 6'3. It actually takes inches off your spine, and it makes you very rigid and stiff, which is, you know, for him, it was from all the leg drops, constantly compressing yeah. all of the discs in between and all those little jelly packets in between each of the uh, links. I, I don't remember the proper term for that. Um, so... I knew somebody who was injured in this way in a New York City crane accident. He was a cop. He can only bend at a 90-degree angle. I'm not trying to be funny. So th that will limit a lot of movement. My, my, my interest in this is what do you do with him? Because he's always been the rival to Cena, and he could overtake Cena with a couple of more years, have a couple of title runs. What do you do with him? Do you have him put people over? Do you have him just feud for the sake of it? Uh, do you take him gingerly? I, I'm curious to see where he goes from here. And because he doesn't have Riddle, do you make him a heel? Uh, there's so many what ifs, and the and and the space is wide open to use him. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to see him come back and 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 get a belt and get a title run. I don't know where he is on the count. I know he had I think 13 belts. So I would like to see some sort of run and maybe have him go against Seth Rollins. But again, it's going to be interesting to see because if you tell me a bicep injury, his leg got torn up that one time and he had you know, you know, polio string cheese legs when he had that one match. <laughs> yeah. He he was able to get through those cuz those are just more general muscle. Spine is a fucked up one. Yeah. Uh, and if you get any nerve damage on that, you are not walking. So um, I'm curious to see how they implement him. That's yeah. that's what caught my attention. Um, Sin City Steve, um, Randy's dad said, hey, uh, WWE doctors told him not to get in the ring anymore. And, and of course, we always hear these stories about doctors telling wrestlers to maybe hang it up and they're they're not ready to do that. At, at what point uh, should this be taken uh, serious, and uh, how important you think it is for to for Randy just to uh, to get back into the ring? So I, I think that as an in ring performer, Randy Orton is criminally underappreciated. Yeah. Um, I think oh. that the the biggest the biggest problem is that he was around during the Super Cena era when Cena was the face of the company. Um, and as a result, he Randy's really hasn't better. gotten what Randy is better. I, I, I completely agree. Um, no, he, uh, the, the thing is that he's, he's been overshadowed by John Cena the entire time. And in all actuality is a better worker than John Cena when he's motivated, when he's motivated now, obviously up until the, uh, you know, the tag team with riddle. Um, there were questions about, you know, did he really, was his mind in it anymore? Did he really care? Was he just serving out his contract? So 
I think that some, there are a couple of things that really kind of stand out for me and I will definitely be watching survivor series. Um, if for nothing more than either the CM Punk debut or the Randy Orton return. I want to interrupt a second. John Hobson's got there pairing them up with Cody for a time. I just got a nauseating thought. What if they fuck Cody at 40? (laughs) Cena gets in his corner and goes, I'm going to help you get that title. And then RKO's his ass at the last minute. (laughs) Oh, please don't do that. Please. I'll be like, hey, if that happens, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you personally responsible. No, just so that you know. Why? No, they were doing so well. Oh no, no. Oh, Cody's story is ending for certain. He's certainly oh, gonna slid up and down, not left and right this time. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no now, Christmas for Brandy. Damn it. Yeah. One thing. One thing that I will say. Yeah. And you know, take this as you will. But there was a track uh, track listing leaked or something of that nature um, for the band that performs his song. And they put out, you know, they probably their label put out something saying that they had recorded a an updated version of Randy Orton's theme music. So we will be getting Randy Orton coming back. It's just a matter of when. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think that he should come back. Yeah. Um, as long as he is healthy enough and as long as he feels well enough to do it. Um, obviously, with Riddle no longer in the company and that being the guy that kind of recentered Randy Orton and kind of restored his love for pro wrestling by mm-hmm. his own admission, um, where, you know, where where does that fall? Um, where do First of all, fall? Randy Orton is trained by Ric Flair. He's going to be doing fucking Hudson Civic Center, Jim Crockett promotions when he's 70 years old, slowly taking off his clothes and doing, you know, peck shots with his saggy, droopy skin like every other freaking wrestler. He's never going to quit. OK, they'll 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 put him up with popsicle sticks, you know. He'll be another Lex Luger, the Luther. They'll just wheel his ass in there and have him sign autographs for 10 people. (laughs) He's never going to stop wrestling. This is, he has no fallback. He's not going to be, you know, racing cars against an aging Vin Diesel. You know, this (laughs) is it for him. You know, he's not going to do whisper movies like The Rock. What? It's it's, it's not, there is no future for Andy Orton. He's going to be in a couple of WWE production movies where he's, grabbing some screaming woman out of a trunk and that'll be his future you know it's yeah all right well listen we uh we wish randy the best what happened you're not you're not gonna post the the message in chat oh well you know know the one i'm talking about (laughs) hey randy Randy. oh my god it was the most annoying thing that i you know, <laughs> but but worse but, than Shush. But you and you and Matt broke it down to me, and so I, I you know, I, I I guess I have to be a uh, you know in that in that realm hey, to understand. <laughs> oh my! You know what that happened? They so it had to happen with a shower, and he just turned around and went, "Hey, Randy!" <laughs> just you know, and there it was, Matt's riddle. 
Oh God. <laughs> All right, man. Let me move over. Boss comedy. A... <laughs> <laughs> uh, to our uh, three. Let me get over there. Here we go. All right. So Matt Michaels submitted it, an article here, or actually he uh, we took a screenshot, and he got this from a fan. So let me first off see if I can uh, put this on the screen correctly, and uh, we'll take a look at this. All right, here we go. All right, so he got this off of a fan's uh, group Facebook uh, page, and he thought it was interesting. And he says that we never really talk about how to improve AEW. Uh, it also talks about we could go over item by item or pick a few that sounds good and a few that sounds ridiculous. Uh, he also mentioned that, uh, you know, what would we add to this list and what we think would help AEW. So ultimately, some Pam put this down. These are big things for 2024. That's big for AEW. Um, just to name a few of them for people who are not watching this, it's got down 11 of them. One of them, it says MJF's contract expires. Will he resign uh, with AEW? Number two, the new AEW television deal. Number three, Sting's retirement match. Number four, Jamie Hayter's return. Number five, possibly a new AEW video game. Number six, who else will sign and become all elite a hope will osprey alexander hammerstone or drew galloway number seven aew all in 2024 let's hope it's a full sellout break the record number eight possibly assign someone as head of creative while tony head handles everything else that's a game changer brian danielson sting or chris jericho could fill that role number nine booking smaller venues just start from scratch and rebuild the company then go back to bigger venues number 10 promote aw around the world better than they do now number 11 give the women's division more tv time and better stories and then he ends up saying this could help 2024 be the banner year for aew then then tony khan could quote play the game you know, mm. you know, play the game. It's time to play the game. All right. Anyway. Uh, how, how was that one more time? <laughs> it's time to play the game. I can't do my oh. triple H. I'm, I, right. you know, my bad. I'm, I'm you constipated. <laughs> you know, they make Metamucil. Clear that right up. You'll be playing all the games you want. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to go. Let me go over to you. Uh, I'll go with you, Steve. Uh Okay, 2024, this could be a big year for AEW. What on this list do you think will can get AEW to the to the pinnacle, or is it just something on here that you would just scratch out? Or, or what, what's your take? So I find it interesting that they this individual suggests uh AEW all in 2024. Let's hope it's a full sellout, break the record. Then two points later, it says booking smaller venues, just start <laughs> from scratch and rebuild the company. Right. what okay um also the the thing that's interesting by the way um you know we look at everything through a microcosm of of what we see here in the u.s okay right. and the fact is is that uh AEW draws significantly fewer viewers than wwe on a weekly basis mm -hmm. whereas in the uk um in terms of distribution uh AEW runs on itv4 uh, which is available in nearly 27 million homes. 
and uh, BT Sport, which is the home of WWE, is in 2.19 million homes. Oh. So yeah. that oh. leads me to believe, and again, this is looking at one one individual other country, but just to kind of give perspective, um, I think that I, I agree that they need to promote AEW around the world better than they do now and take the stance that they've done in the UK elsewhere. Um, get on those those cable packages. Get on those networks. What's that? Are they strong in Canada? They're actually, I believe they're on a pay only subscription service. Mm. Unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken, but I I'm pretty sure that that was the case at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, regardless of whether it's Canada, you know, wherever it is everywhere else outside of the U S and clearly the UK yeah, market your company like as if they are, you know, the world beaters. Um, other than that, you know, do they need to do they need to sign new people? No. Would I love for them to sign those three names mentioned? Hell yes. Uh, Will Ospreay is a generational talent, no matter who it is. If he signs with WWE, then congratulations. WWE just got themselves a an amazing talent. Yeah. Um, AEW, if he goes there, then I I'm jumping for joy on that. Yeah. Uh, Hammerstone, Hammerstone just asked for his release from his MLW contract. Oh, for real? I didn't swear know that. to God. Yeah, he's yeah. out. So, he's out. so, wow. so we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know what happens there. Uh, and yeah. then Drew Galloway. Now, something that people are seeming to forget is that Drew McIntyre's contract expires early in 2024. Mm. So obviously he's, he's made allusions to going elsewhere in the past. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me if he is the name to jump from WWE to go to AEW. Um, But yes, they definitely need to put someone else in charge of creative without a doubt. They need, they need to, you know, have, at least other people book the other shows or, you know, be in on the creative process because to have Tony book three weekly shows, not to mention ring of honor, not to mention everything that's going on in his life. I mean, billionaires got shit to do. Billionaires got shit to do. So, I mean, yes, delegation is not one of Tony's strong suits, obviously, um, I think that if they honed in on those things, they don't need a new video game. The last video game bombed. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah. Flop forever. Dude, I bought the game opening weekend and I played it oh, opening man. weekend and it it's still Collecting sitting. <laughs> it's still sitting. I haven't played it in forever. Wow. So, yeah. Got you. Well, Rob, what Easy. do you think, man? Uh, Easy. AEW television deal. I think that's what you're going to choose. My happiest point in AEW Mm -hmm. was when they did Forbidden Door. I like the concept of watching one wrestling promotion to find out what's going to happen in another one. When they brought the Good Brothers in and the Good Brothers were coming into matches, if you don't know who they are, now you do. You want to follow up what's going on? Go watch Impact Wrestling. You want to find out what's going on? Go watch NJPW. Now I have interest in a broader way of wrestlers and I don't have to pay for them.
because they're just going to be contracted for that one match or what have you. So it's a great way to bring in great talent without having to have this big emotional and financial investment, and you can still build stories. How many times do we talk about like uh, Matt uh, Matt Bailey, Speedball Mike uh, Bailey, Mike Bailey, Mike Bailey I'm sorry Mike Bailey versus Will Osprey? The one thing that I noticed in that match that went on forever, and rightfully so, was now I understood the difference between professional wrestling and sports entertainment. In a sports entertainment package, I can't devote that much time to a match. So you can take these matches, pare them down, build up a story that goes across brands, and now I have less money of my own money because it's still an NJPW guy. They're paying him. Maybe there'll be some cross money going on. It will make, I, th- I think, if I'm understanding it correctly, would free up a lot of resources and you don't have to be completely invested. Um, as far as who to get, I know that there's Jim Cornette. There is, um, there's, uh, uh, I am blanking out right now from uh, NWO years, uh, 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 Eric, Eric Bischoff. Bischoff. Uh, there's a lot of people of that elk that could provide the guidance that they need because I I don't know who's doing it for them, but they need more people guiding Tony Khan. I always was under the impression that it really was Jericho and the elite and, 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 um, and Tody, uh, Tody, what the fuck? Cody Rhodes providing that guidance and when Cody Rhodes left is when you started to see the fall because there was no guidance now now you've got this fan look I'm a fan of wrestling I wouldn't be responsible enough to manage it I could tell you from the outside in who I would like to see I, I mean Rick Rick Flair maybe you have him come as a consultant in the background you have all these guys and you pick their brains but you do need a showrunner uh you do need a showrunner when uh when um, Stephen Colbert did his show on CBS and went into late night and he was no longer doing the political show on Comedy Central, the Colbert Report, that first season was rough. And then he got a showrunner and he said, once I got a showrunner, I was able to focus on the things that I was good at and somebody else can handle the minutia. He can't do it. Back in the Attitude Era, it was Jim Ross who was kind of the showrunner. He was managing the talent. Yes, we saw him doing the commentary, but he was the one who knew intimately all of the wrestlers, their capabilities, how who's going to physically be able to complement another person in the ring. And with the kind of people we have, if you were to have like a showrunner from NJPW, from Impact Wrestling, interact with a showrunner from AEW, you can have some seamless matches and you could still build storylines. As far as MGF, MGF is weird. Because MJF is too big for AEW and too small for WWE. He's too big for AEW because he's outgrown himself. He can't be a heel anymore. That's, you can't repackage him as a, as a token heel. And he's kind of an awkward baby face. You put him in WWE, he's not going to be able to do all of the borderline offensive Jewish jokes and call himself Jew boy and all this. They won't go for that. So he's in this really bad spot where you can't go up and you can't go down anymore. Um, I don't give a shit about Jamie Hayter. She was a she was a second banana to Britt Baker. It's all she ever was. I she's not entertaining enough. She was very capable in the ring, but she has no stage presence. Don't give a shit. 
Okay. Um, Drew right. Galloway, what are you going to do with him? Where are you going to put him? What do you do with him? Where do you put him? Is he is he heel? Is he a face? Is he just another heavy? There's nowhere for him to go. And let's not forget NWA. You could pull people from you know from Mr. Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan, and maybe bring them up like they were doing for a while. They were that's where uh, what's her name came from. Uh, Thunder Rosa came from NWA, and they did it right. They said she's from NWA, and they transitioned her mm -hmm. into the package and into yeah. the product. That's how they do it. Okay. No doubt. Let's hit it. That is our uh, three count. Thank you, everybody, who participated on the live show, throwing the comments in the box. We always appreciate it. We always look forward to it. And um, if you want to participate every Sunday, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's when we start wrestling talk. And then 8.45 p.m., we start three counts. So if you could try to join us on one of these live shows, feel free. And please, you know, we see you watching. Just throw your comments in. We would love to hear it. We love to post it and we could talk about it and everything as well. Uh, with that, though, I'm going to let the guys give their final thoughts. Hopefully we'll have the um, we have uh, Matt Michaels back next week. And, um, yeah, we'll just see where it goes from there. Uh, Sin City Steve, man, what do you want to tell the folks out there? All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, also, a very special shout out and thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing it on lands, foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. Perfect. And we got a request here, uh, Rob. First of all, to the wonderful men and women of the United States Armed Forces keeping me safe. Very important that you keep your president safe. We have somebody wants me to give the Raiders a pep talk. First of all, Raiders sounds a very lot like terrorists. I don't know about <laughs> that organization. It makes me a little nervous, but they're going to be facing off against the Lions and nothing good ever came out of Detroit, please. How many times did we have to bail out the auto industry and now we've got to bail out the Detroit Lions? They've won two games and they think they're the kings of the world. I don't think so, okay? And you know what? It's a team sport, but you can't spell team without M-E. And M-E spells Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump. And this Tuesday night, All Hallows' Eve, when I look at my wife's scary face, she's getting her third face transplant. It's going to be very serious. They're going to take the skin from a small Ethiopian woman and stretch it over Melania's face. Very sad. Oh, my God. We're going to be there Tuesday night at 18, Ben, in the Arts District, opening up for Drunken Jokes. And then on Wednesday night, first of all, Drunken Jokes will be at 9. And Wednesday at 7 o'clock at The Nerd. The Nerd. Okay. Fremont. Okay. Yours truly, Donald J. Trump, the Jace Transford, Jesus the Savior, Jesus <laughs> Trump. But we don't say it with the Jesus. We don't say it the H-Way because that's what gets you departed. Just want you to <laughs> don't say it the H-Way. You say it the you say it the H-Way, you get deported. You say it the G-Way, the evangelicals go, but hey, you can't win. You can't win. So sad. So sad. But the Raiders, wow. don't blow it. If not, we'll have to uh, deport you to Mexico. There you go. Los Raiders. I'm going to call them Los Raiders because they lose you, a lot. Los Raiders. 
you guys can see Rob this uh, week, Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday at the at the Nerd and Tuesday at where at? Uh, the Nerd on Wednesday and Tuesday at 18 Ben. 18 Ben. Okay. 18 Ben for Drunken Jokes. You can look up the times on social media. Yeah. And I am Rob Boss Comedy. No doubt. Look up that name. You see it in quotes here. Look him up. Uh, Adam. Adam to your social media. It's funny guy. Uh, if you live in the Las Vegas area, go check him out. I'm definitely going to. So with that, we appreciate you all. Thanks for hanging out. We will do this again next week. Until then, happy wrestling to you all. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. <laughs>